insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the U.S. Patriot Show. Talk Radio's premier U.S. activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. You don't have to be Jewish to be part of our show. And now, your Jewess patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello, and welcome to the Jewess Patriot. I am Cindy Gross, today's premier Jewish women activist, host, bringing you the headlines and trends, and you don't have to be Jewish to be a part of our show. I want to thank you for continuing your support, and I must be honest, I am touched by how many people have been reaching out with the many articles I've been writing on the multiple outlets, especially with food, and that is why this entire show is going to be devoted to food about food, and everything associated with food, except for a brief few words. What's very exciting about the food show is not just a recipe, a cookbook, an event, but I'm also sharing a nonprofit organization that has built up from grassroots activism, from the idea of one man, to a national project feeding veterans, elderly, and those in need. When we talk about food, we don't think about those things enough. But yet, that's food too. And speaking of food for thought, my Jewish name is Isil Peril, Sweet Pearl, and I'd like to open up with my Pearls of Wisdom. This week's Pearls of Wisdom is being able to admit that you made a mistake. And on last week's show, I discussed the Golden Globe Awards and how I thought the woke audience would totally ignore Steven Spielberg because he is a white man, because uh, he is in his 70s, and because the Fablemans has been a financial disaster, the worst movie of Spielberg's career. However... Quality won, and Spielberg won Best Director and Best Picture. And he will probably be nominated for many more awards, as well as some of the other major awards like Best Actress. This is very good, because I'm going to tell you something. These are my real words of wisdom. Having fond memories, having appreciation of your youth, is so good because lately I've been watching things, streaming them, and some are entertaining, but we keep seeing article and stories and medical information about our teens and youth, how depressed they are, how many illnesses they have that we didn't as children, and how they have so much anxiety. How can they have a normal life if they are watching shows from Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and even in the movies where parents are murderers, 
They rob. They rape. They abuse. They sleep with everybody else but their own spouses. They're angry. They're violent. They ignore their children. And they do drugs with their children and their children's friends. Can you imagine this going on 40 years ago? A show like Friends would never exist. Neither would Seinfeld. Happy Days. The Brady Bunch. Andy Griffith. You name it. Family Ties. Probably Alex P. Keaton would have been arrested for the insurrection. Think about it. So when we see a movie about a family post-World War II and a boy's ambition after seeing an Academy Award-winning movie, yes, his family had struggles and they didn't always get along, but it wasn't the craziness we see today that we emulate today and that we entertain ourselves with today. And when we, the adults, start acting like adults instead of children, then the entertainment will be award-winning like the Fablemans. So mazel tov, Stephen. And I hope this is a trend towards more family-oriented discussions in a positive way so that our children think that one day they too can be the most successful person in the industry they choose to work in. Tell me what you think. You can reach out to me via social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, through the website, and through the various outlets that you listen to me to and hear me. We have a huge show tonight. Sit back, get out some paper. You're going to want to take some notes and eat, drink, and enjoy. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot and in our food segment. I am so happy to introduce many of you to an award-winning cooking instructor and now best-selling cookbook author. The book, The Giving Table, is a must-have for anybody who likes to entertain, who wants to learn how to cook because the recipes are not intimidating. I've actually made several already myself. And I could tell you, you're going to love this book as a coffee table book because it's just beautiful to look at. Thank you, Naomi Ross, for joining the Jewess Patriot and for sharing your expertise in cooking and baking with the general public. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. <laughs> so, the giving table is obviously a labor of a labor of love for you because it's so obvious in each picture, in each recipe, in everything you do. 
And of course, there are so many cookbook authors on the shows and there's so many in bookstores. So I really found something very unique about yours. And this is why it's a must have for, for everybody. And you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy or Naomi to appreciate the quality of cooking and baking in the book. You have over 160 recipes. They happen to be kosher, but you don't have to be kosher or have a kosher kitchen to appreciate the quality of the work. You take an ingredient, and I'm going to give an example, cherries. You show ways to use cherries in soups, in salads, entrees, desserts, and you you, you create. Now, most people think of cherries like for July 4th, but the truth of the matter is you can get cherries year-round, and you can be creative with it. So tell well, us it- a little bit. It's actually an interesting uh, process and journey when you're working on a book because it helps you, the author, sort of crystallize for yourself your own style of cooking, whether you were aware of it or not. And through the process of writing the book, I mean, I had already been developing recipes for, you know, over 15 years, probably more like 18 years. I had been working on different recipes, but you, you don't always have like the awareness of how, what your own style is. It's not necessarily on the forefront of your mind, but then when you start working on a book and you're looking over at the overall listing of all the recipes and how you use different ingredients, all of a sudden it becomes very apparent. You're like, Hey, I, I guess I like cherries a lot because I put them in a lot of things, or I guess I really like, um, you know, ginger because I use that a lot also. And in the beginning of the book, I actually make a list of all of the Um, I would say commonly found ingredients that I use in my pantry that I realized I use so often. And the same Uh, thing goes with pecans. uh, You use pecans in a variety of ways. Certain certain ingredients keep popping up. Certain ingredients I realized, wow, I must really like them to the extent that I had to cut recipes from the book because I was, it was too many and it was not balanced in terms of like the variety of, of ingredients and dishes there were chocolate cherry <laughs> there were some chocolate cherry uh dessert ideas that were cut because i was like i've already done this so i can't include more uh, i guess i just like it but, it's um, also very apparent you like to explore international cuisines you really even though this is a kosher book and we are jewish uh women i don't look at this book as a jewish book or a kosher book i look at it as a cookbook of international cuisines and at every level from appetizers to desserts. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, that actually is more of an outgrowth of many years of doing international culinary classes at my local JCC here on Long Island. Um, I've been a, a, I've been a cooking instructor for about um, 19 years. And for about 10 years, I ran the, Uh, kosher cooking program at our local JCC and the program there you know over the years I did all different kinds of classes but then what happened was for a couple of years we sort of veered into all different international cuisines and it was so popular that it just kept um, like cycling like we just kept getting demand for different international cuisines. So I just kept researching and learning and researching and learning. So a lot of the recipes that are international in the book are a result of those years of teaching those classes, because it it gave me a much larger repertoire 
and a lot, um, a much wider ingredient base in terms of my own cooking. So I'm going to so, ask like, you just, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, continue uh, on. I was just going to say that, that like, like a good example is that I have a few recipes that are definitely Indian inspired um, that, that are in the book. I have no um, background or Indian origins in terms of my family genealogy. I just, it was very, um, it really impacted me in a lot of ways in the kitchen. And that just sort of trickled down into some of my recipes. So because it's the beginning of the year and because everybody wants to have predictions and know what the food trends are, I'm going to throw out some words to you and I want you to tell me what comes to your mind as far as the food trends of 2023. What is the spice of 2023? Um, that's hard. <laughs> I don't know if I'm such a predictor of food trends. Um, I, I think actually I'm probably the least trendy person I know. Uh, um, I, I sort of live in my own head a little bit with food and I get into my own, um, I get into my own trends of what I'm interested in, in pursuing. I will say that all Asian cuisines like um, Korean, Vietnamese, Thai, like all different Asian cuisines are, are super popular, especially I, I'm sure it's, it was, it was anyway happening, but especially impacted by Kenji Lopez's book on the walk he wrote a whole comprehensive book on wok cooking. So I think that definitely contributes, but there seems to be a love affair with all things. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. Our next guest is no stranger to anybody who follows the show. He is our wine authority, our liquor authority, and he answers all the questions of you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy and Gabe to appreciate quality kosher wine and liquors. Gabe Geller is with us today from Royal, Royal Wines to discuss the event of kosher food and wine, and that is KFWE, the Kosher Food and Wine Experience. For a couple of years, it's been on a smaller level because of COVID, but it's back bigger than ever, February 6th at Chelsea Piers in New York. And just because you're not in New York doesn't mean you can't participate because the wines, the videos, everything is shared. It's become an international experience. International followers come into New York. International press follows it. And the wines featured are from all over the world. Gabe, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be back, Cindy. Well, what can we say? This is the experience every foodie, every uh, person who enjoys quality wines and liquors wants to attend because it's like an orgy for hours of tasting quality <laughs> uh, foods and liquors and, and pairings together. 
appetizers and desserts with the right reds, the white wines. What can you tell us that's going to be the highlight of KFWE 2023? Well, KFWE is, as you said, back at Chelsea Piers, New York, Pier 60. Uh, we are going to have, you know, more wines than ever. Uh, the best kosher restaurants and caterers of the Tri-State area are going to be there as well. And let's not forget, uh, just as you mentioned, if you're not in New York, you still can join because this is, a, this, is, this is an event worth traveling to. But there is also KFW Los Angeles two days later, uh, February 8th, at the Hollywood Palladium Theater, historic theater in, in Hollywood. Uh, so there is also the possibility to join our uh, West Coast uh, show. So what's new this year, of course, we always have new wines, new wineries from regions that were never explored before uh, by the kosher wine industry. Uh, and we're so excited to uh, introduce those wines. We have a Super Tuscan from Italy. Uh, we have uh, new wines from Bordeaux, Chateau Belfond Belsier, one of the most prestigious uh, wineries in, uh, the, in the right bank of Bordeaux uh, has produced its first uh, kosher wine, and so many, many more from Israel, from Spain, uh, from New Zealand, and so on and so forth. Well, you know what I love about the experience? Uh, I feel like I'm an international traveler. You meet people from Australia, from New Zealand, from South America, of course, from Israel, all over Europe. But I have to say, I've become very partial to our American wines. We have so many quality wines grown right here in the good old USA, including those from one of our favorite wineries, of course, the Baron Herzog wineries. Uh, so I love when I go there, I feel like I am traveling without having to worry about where my luggage is. Right. And you know what, Cindy? KFW is the opportunity to meet uh, the new winemaker uh, of Herzog Wine Cellars, who oversees the Baron Herzog wines that you like so much, uh, David Galzignato, is a fantastic winemaker of a prestigious uh, resume. Uh, he, joined, uh, he joined Herzog in the midst of the pandemic in 2021, and he will be there at KFW to meet, uh, to meet the, the, the great people who you know, follow these wines and uh, answer all, the, all their questions. And he will be accompanied by one of his uh, team members, Alicia Wilbur, who is wine. Uh, yes. Okay. It's, you're going to have to go back to her name. All of a sudden it paused. So okay. I don't know if we move, whatever, but just go back to her name. You see, like he has a perfect example. I'll just say this. I want to interview him, write it up as a profile and get it on times of Israel. So you'll hook me up with him. Okay. Okay. So start again. Joining him is. Go ahead. All right. So joining David Galzinato at the KFWE will be Alicia Wilbur. Alicia is uh, one of the three winemakers at Herzog Wine Cellar, actually four winemakers at Herzog Wine Cellar. She's in charge of uh, two of the most important series, uh, the Variation Series and the Jeunesse Series, both extremely popular uh, series of wines. Uh, that are uh, reasonably priced. And she's not only a female winemaker, she's an Orthodox Jewish uh, female winemaker. And uh, she's amazing. And it's so exciting to have her at the show. 
Sounds like another Jewish patriot I have to work with. <laughs> oh, yes. What are the big trends we're seeing? Because this is also the time we introduce wines for Passover, Easter, and spring. What are the 2023 wine trends? So the 2023 wine trends, I would say, uh, is really, uh, you know, white wines uh, gaining finally, you know, in popularity, uh, getting their uh, their proper place. Uh, because as I've always advocated, uh, white wines are just as good as uh, as red wines. And, you know, we've had that, the, this trend of rosé wines, which is great. Uh, those wines are, you know, so refreshing. They're great. Uh, they are great all year, especially for the summer. Uh, and they're great also for the cedar on Passover. I'm, I, I always drink rosé wines for the cedar, but white wines are so special, complex. Uh, it's actually more difficult to produce a white wine properly, a balanced white wine than a red wine. Uh, so I, I, I'm so glad that it's not only trending, I would say even more than that. Uh, you know, a trend is something that's usually passing. You know, okay, so now this is trendy and, you know, next year people won't care so much about it. No, I don't think so. I think that uh, white wines are here to, to stay in, in popularity and, uh, and really to keep on growing. And uh, I'm so happy that this is finally happening, not just in the you know, Jewish community, but in the uh, American uh, wine-loving community as well. One thing I could say about ha- whenever I have you on, I get tons of requests afterwards from places outside of the main uh, Jewish communities for requests of where to get wines. Where can people reach out to you? Where can they purchase tickets for the event? And where can they find out information about the event? Because like you just had one in Miami. You had an informal one in Texas. These events are growing around the country as Jewish communities are growing throughout the country. Okay, so I welcome, you know, requests and inquiries from everybody. Uh, If you want to reach out to me directly, you can send me an email at ggetters. It's G-G-E-L-L-E-R at royalwine.com. In one word, royalwine.com, no dash. Uh, and if you have any questions, I will be happy to answer them, happy to give you advice, happy to give you recommendations uh, and information where to find uh, our great wines. Regarding KFWE, to get your tickets, uh, you go on kfwe.com. This is where you'll find all the information about the show, the date, the location, the times, and of course, where to buy tickets, both for New York and Los Angeles. Gabe Geller, as always, thank you for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you for making wine such a uh, popular topic here because you don't have to be Jewish to appreciate it. You really offer us everything, all price ranges, all varieties, uh, from appetizer to dessert. You are our authority on wine and liquor. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you so much, Cindy. Looking forward to the next time. I'll see you at KFWE. See you at KFWE. Hello? Yep. Okay, so I will get back to you. I want to write, I'm going to write up also the event, but I want to interview them and I'll let you know. And I'll call Vicky, let her know we did this. Thanks. Take care. Bye bye. You too. Bye.
Welcome back to our Everything Food Show. And I am so excited about having someone on the show who I actually admire so much for his dedication to volunteering and creating a highly successful nonprofit organization for over 30 years. Rock and Wrap It Up has been helping veterans and has been an anti-poverty think tank. And what I really enjoy about him is that he's always thinking and always thinking out of the box and being creative. And he thought of a creative and very successful way to help feed elderly and veterans during COVID that has grown in leaps and bounds since it started in 2020. Sid Mandelbaum, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you so much for having me on the air and uh, look forward to educating your audience. So, uh, first of all, let's say you you have a tagline like me. You don't have to be Jewish with Cindy and you don't have to be Jewish with Sid. Your organization is founded by a child of Holocaust survivors and works with people from all backgrounds, all areas and locations, wherever they live. And you have one purpose to help out veterans, help out elderly, and help out people in need. And you started this 30 years ago. Tell us a little bit about the organization and what you are doing that makes, I mean, you were just honored at Giant Stadium. You have met everybody from politicians to musicians and have a lot of public figures supporting you. So tell us what you are doing that is so wonderful and productive and recognized by millions. Well, the organization started in 1991, but the genesis of it uh, has to do with my parents being Holocaust survivors. Uh, In 1981, I uh, went with my dad to Israel to the first world gathering of Jewish Holocaust survivors in Jerusalem in June of 1981. And while we were there, among the three major religions, uh, my father and I had an epiphany. And for five minutes, we didn't speak at Jerusalem's uh, Western Wall. And when we came out of it, uh, I felt that I had to go back to America and change the world. And he felt the same way. And this was in 1981. And I came back to America, and I am a scientist by training. And at the time, we were uh, teaching uh, doctors how to use a new drug called Synthroid in 1978. And we wound up uh, videotaping survivors uh, from that experience that I had. And I started Second Generation of Long Island in 1981. And the purpose of it was to uh, make uh, the Holocaust something that could be teachable into going into the future. And uh, we started uh, taping, uh, making these documentaries. My dad was the first one. And uh, after being trained by Dr. Judith Kestenberg, a well-known psychiatrist on reflective interviewing technique, uh, we taped for 10 years and uh, did hundreds of tapes and donated them to Yale University. And then I gave the project to Steve Spielberg and Steve uh, taped for another uh, 15 years. I gave him the project in 93 and he started taping around that time. Uh, I taped a uh, camp liberator named Fran Purcell, and uh, there was an article in Newsday about his life, and uh, an old commander of mine, I was an Air Force veteran, uh, 
Colonel Paris Swoop saw the article in Newsday uh, and called up Fred and said, I know Sid since he's 19. I'd like him to serve on the Human Rights Commission of Nassau County. And I accepted that. Uh, a couple of months later, uh, we had a program at Hofstra University where we had a keynote speaker named Sandy Chapin, the widow of Harry Chapin. And uh, she was our first keynote speaker for an anti-bias program. Sandy Chapin uh, was very active in uh, in uh, Long Island Cares, a food bank started by Harry Chapin. And after a couple of years, she had me meet with Harry's manager, a guy by the name of Ron Delsner. Uh, we tried to do a fundraiser, and Delsner said, Sid, there's a lot of food left over at Jones Beach Theater all the time. Uh, would you like to take that food and feed the hungry? I said, would love to do that. And that's how Rock and Wrap It Up was born. So had I not gone to Israel, had I not taped Fran, had I not met Sandy, uh, there would be no Rock and Wrap It Up. And it all goes back to being a child of survivors. And like I said, you feed everybody. And you have invited me uh, to see what you actually do. And it's really amazing. You spend hours and you have a, a lot of volunteers. You have women veterans, you have young veterans, old veterans, uh, helping out, picking up food from places like Costco, Trader Joe's, small business owners. And you uh, set up in backyards, in, in parks, in homes, that people could come and pick up food that they need so that they don't, in case they don't have the money with what's going on with the economy or during COVID, no one went hungry. And it was incredible from a, an idea how this has grown. I mean, just incredible. Tell us about what you're doing with feeding people and especially your work with the veterans. Well, uh, I serve as commander of the American Legion, Lawrence Cedarhurst, Post 339, and uh, three years ago, I began seeing a lot of my senior veterans in stores. And it bothered me because it was uh, right at the beginning of COVID. And I realized if there's anything I could do to keep them out of stores, it could uh, really help save their lives. So I, I reached out to Trader Joe's. I reached out to Costco and I told them what I wanted to do. I wanted to set up a veteran farmer's market that they could go to uh, and uh, get food that was, again, uh, in date but uh, can be used uh, as soon as they can. And we wound up hooking up with uh, Gammy's Pantry, which is a, a local uh, food pantry in Lawrence. And all the food that the veterans do not take is given out at Gammy's Pantry that day. And uh, the food is voluminous. I pick up between four and 5,000 pounds of food a week that is uh, is shared with our veterans, as well as people that are indigent in our community and those that are going through uh, chemo. Uh, we have a couple of uh, women uh, that are poor uh, that are going through uh, treatment, and uh, I found out about them, and I invited them to come to the uh, farmer's market as well to keep them out of stores so they do not get the infection. So you've been... Uh asking me for a while now to get involved and I have to tell you after coming and seeing and meeting and we will have other people on the show in the future who work with you it is really something that doesn't take a lot of time and really you get to meet people in the community and build this out and spread this this is not just going on in a local community but it's great 
that local people come, you know, help out with you and help build this up. I mean, like I said, you were honored at a giant stadium for the work. You've been recognized by many um, organizations. You've won awards from uh, media people as a person of the year. So tell us a little bit about what your goals are as this keeps growing and the word of mouth keeps growing about it. Well, it's interesting. Right now in uh, in Germany, France, Italy, and England, there is national legislation that has been passed that uh, does not allow supermarkets to throw food into the bin or to landfill. Uh, I would like to have a similar law passed in the United States. Uh, recently, a good friend of mine, Anthony D'Esposito, was elected to Congress from the 4th Congressional District here in New York, and I am speaking to Anthony about being involved in hopefully introducing legislation that can be bipartisan, uh, that can have, just like is being done throughout uh, Western Europe, done here in this country, that food that is short-dated cannot be thrown away if there is one hungry person in the catchment area where the supermarket is located. Well, Anthony is a good friend to this show also, and this is something, I mean, people in 2023, local elections, this is something I think that any common sense voter can really get behind. And like you said, bipartisan, it's a, it's a great way to begin discussions between Democrats and Republicans and work together because hunger, veterans support, cancer survivors, it doesn't matter what political party you're from, what religious background you are, where you live, urban, suburban. Everybody needs an organization like this. Where can our audience reach out to you and your organization? Well, they can call us one eight seven seven six nine one food one eight seven seven six nine one food. They can reach us at rock and wrap it up dot org. Uh, we are on Facebook. Uh, we are on Twitter. Uh, we are always looking for volunteers, and we especially at this time of the year uh, need financial contributions. Uh, our budget is very, very low for the amount of work that we've done. Uh, since 1991, we have fed over 1 billion people uh, with rock and wrap it up concepts. Uh, if they're making a wedding, if they're making a bar and bat mitzvah, we ask them to use the contract as a harvesting tool. Don't be afraid to put in the contract with the caterer that all edible leftover food prepared but not served should not be thrown out but must feed the hungry, and they can take that food to a local pantry. Uh, that concept was used by rock bands. Uh, we came up with it many years ago. Uh, our first band were the Rolling Stones. Our second band was Aerosmith. They put into their contracts this uh, verbiage that allowed them to make those contracts in, into harvesting riders. Well, we're running out of time, but I suggest everybody do some research and find out about the organization because you just name dropped just two of the thousands of celebrities and musicians you have become friends with over the years because of the work you, th that you do and how much they respect you. Sid Mandelbaum, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you so much for having us and God bless you. Good Shabbos. Thank you.
it's Drew Shelton from the Kellen Co. Morning Show right here on the Real Talk Radio Network, 93.3, the voice of freedom. You are listening to the Jewish patriot, Cindy Gross. Of course, her show airing every Sunday, 4 p.m., right here on the Real Talk Radio Network. However, every Tuesday, Cindy joins the Kellen Co. Morning Show at 7, so you can always get uh, latest news and notes from Cindy on Tuesdays. So without further ado, I give you... Miss Cindy Gross, the Jewish Patriot. And good morning, Patriots. We welcome you back into the Kellen Co. Morning Show on the Real Talk Radio Network. It's 93.3, the voice of freedom. My name, Drew Shelton. Dan Strauss behind the board. Kel Brazil here as well. On the phone, joining us, the Jewish patriot, that is Cindy Gross. Cindy, good morning. How are you today? Well, thank you for allowing me to come in a little late. We've had some internet connection uh, problems here, but I think they finally got solved. So thanks for letting me come in because the news is so important every day, but especially today, as uh, more and more news comes out from all over the world. Absolutely. I'm so glad that we got you connected back up and that we can talk with you today. And there is a lot to talk about. You know, I know you have a lot of things, food regarding, you know, when it comes to your show this upcoming uh, Sunday. And I just put up in our app about the the, the piece you wrote when it comes to, uh, what is it, the chala, you know, being a a trendy ingredient in the non-Jewish world. So that's up on our app right now. People can can dive, indulge into that. But I want to talk about the freshman congressman class right you were just at an inauguration on sunday for mike lawler uh, one of our new congressmen and there's more you know with this freshman class so i want you to have the floor i've been invited unfortunately i couldn't go to mark molinaro's i'm going today to congressman anthony d'esposito's i've been in contact with multiple people in fact i've been in contact with sigal chata who was just uh elected the nevada committee person um, and uh, she ran for attorney general, so there's a lot going on. But one thing I want to tell people, we have a wonderful freshman class. They were voted in. A lot of them that I know were voted in in areas Biden won and flipped seats because of the issues that matter to common-sense voters, like safety, high crime, the price of food, the economy overall, and international peace and where we stand as a superpower. But I can tell you what I'm hearing that I'm very concerned about. I am hearing from all my freshman friends how they know they were voted by independents and Democrats and that they're going to cross over the aisle to work with everybody because they're concerned about issues. And that's wonderful because we do need a checks and balances system and we do need to have some legislation passed that everybody could agree makes sense. But I don't see that happening from the freshman Democrats. I don't hear that from the senior Democrats. And it can't be a one-way ticket. And my warning to every listener, be on top of everybody who is talking and speaking that represents the old voices and the new voices because many of us, are still upset and angry with what is going on in the country. 
And just as fast as people are elected in, they could be elected out because we still don't have a 100% secure election guarantee that people are getting in fairly and wisely. Cindy, uh, talking about these these freshman congressmen, who are the ones to watch? Like, who do we need to be paying attention to? Definitely, I will tell you, I know for a fact, the two that I see a lot with Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise, and that had been on the media media rounds the most, are Mike Lawler and uh, Anthony D'Esposito. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Mike Lawler defeated uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, who was a DCCC chair. And that was in an area that was two-to-one Democrat. Mm. But everybody who knows Mike knows he, he has, picks up the phone for everybody. It doesn't matter what your political party is. I wasn't a constituent of his, and whenever I had an issue when he was an assemblyman, he called me back. I had a question about the inauguration. He texted me back within minutes. That's the kind of people we elect. Remember, their salaries and their benefits are they are our tax dollars. We are paying for it. And even if we don't like Adam Schiff or um, Eric Swalwell or the squad, we're paying their paychecks. Mm-hmm. They owe us a decency of a conversation, a phone call, a meeting, whatever we want, because we are paying for it. No, I agree. I agree with that completely. And then conversely, who are, who do we need to keep a watch on um, newly elected on the opposite end of that spectrum, like who are we, who do we need to focus in on and, and uh, keep a check and balance of? Uh, definitely the new people that are with the squad, uh, the congresswoman from Pittsburgh, uh, how she's going to be voting. I would definitely look out for, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, watch for some of the people in the caucuses that are, um, from purple state, you know, purple states, where they go, because that's going to be very indicative of what's going to happen as we get closer to 2024. Very good, Cindy. And of course, you know, let's lighten it up here a little bit because I know a lot of people do enjoy, you know, uh, baking, right? You know, you, here, here you are. And, um, well, you know, we talked about eggs this morning. That's yeah. right. You know, well, how the hell eggs prices are going crazy. What are the price of eggs up there in New York right now? It could go anywhere, you know, it depends whether they're large or jumbo. It can go anywhere from 5 to $10 a dozen. Wow. And I will tell you, we're more than just baking on, you know, you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy. In fact, as after I get off, I am leaving. I am actually doing a live event about how Jewish food trends are trending in the non-kosher world, and I'm going to be talking a lot about it. But the show this weekend not only features uh, – a brand new cookbook, and the author who actually has menus for people for a table of four to a party of a hundred. But we also are having the number one kosher and food event in New York and LA in February. Previews of that that are exclusive. And I'm introducing you to a Holocaust survivor's son who 30 years ago started a nonprofit organization that helps. One of the missions of it is feeding elderly and veterans and supporting them. And through his adventures, he has been able to work with people like the Rolling Stones and Aerosmith and Billy Joel and uh, legends in the public world for years. 
And since COVID really has developed a very unique food bank, so it's not just eating that we talk about. It's every aspect of food. And we're going to be starting on the show restaurant reviews and trends and meeting chefs that could teach us what we all like that we can make in our kitchens. Whoa, you're like a Jewish uh, Julia Childs. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, my friends call me the Jewish Sandra Lee because oh. like, sometimes, sometimes we do that semi-homie. <laughs> no, that's and great. And I also, there's never a decor that's the same in my house. So. No, I love it. That's uh, Cindy Gross, you are the host of the Jewish Patriot. That show airs 4 p.m. every Sunday right here on the Real Talk Radio Network. So this week, everything food, we're looking forward to that. And uh, anything else you want to share with us here? We have about a minute left or so uh, that you want to just stress to our well, Patriot listeners. Well, I want to be a lot. I, I hope uh, listeners go back and listen to last week's show about how Democrats stole elections in New York because Thomas Sullivan did actually lose his race. And it is a shame because if, if uh, Assemblywoman Audrey Pfeffer, I mean, Stacey Pfeffer, Mata's mother, wasn't the county clerk, Audrey Pfeffer, there might be a Republican sitting in that seat that was rightfully won on election night. So, people, it's the year 2023 of local elections. We have got to find out more about our judges, about people that are our committee members, our county leaderships, and I'm going to be having a lot about the New York State GOP chair elections that are coming up because... New York is a mess and a one-party system, but it could become 50 states if people don't become aware of who is running their GOP on a county and state level. No, 100%. Can't agree, you know, couldn't agree more. You know, you say New York's a problem, but hell, this whole country's a problem where we can't get a, a fair election. So, Cindy Gross, thank you so much. You are the Jewish Patriot again every Tuesday, 7 o'clock here on the Kellen Co. Morning Show and every Sunday at 4 right here on the Real Talk Radio Network. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Have Thanks a bunch, day. Cindy. Take care. Bye-bye. If you want to check out that podcast, go to realtalk933.com. We're back after this. This is Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Jewish Patriot Show.